Welcome to Politics and Psychology. I'm Dr. Renee Carr, and please introduce yourself in the chat or on social media. Did you know that depending on the state that you live in, that having a Kia car is seen as scarier than having an automatic rifle? Well, that's what we are talking about today. And for this to not be a one-sided or a one-time conversation, please also leave your thoughts and questions in the comments section below. Now in 2021, a trend started on TikTok with people showing you how to steal a Kia and a Hyundai car simply by using a screwdriver and a USB cable. So these TikTok videos then became viral and then became a Kia challenge. And in this challenge, they were challenging everyone to steal these Kia and Hyundai cars and emphasizing that you have to steal the ones that were made between 2010 and 2021. And so as a result of this social media challenge, cities across the country were seeing Kia car thefts increase drastically, so much so that in California, their police commissioner said that in 2022, they saw an 85% increase in Kia and Hyundai car thefts compared to 2021. And with this increase in car thefts, we also saw an increase in associated cost. For example, there was an increase in law enforcement costs and police resources for their investigation attempts for the car recovery. There was also a cost to the victims, obviously, because they had their car stolen. So they lost the car. They lost their ability to commute back and forth to work, which meant they also lost some income. They also had a loss of their lifestyle. They needed the cars to go to restaurants, go out to eat, go to church, soccer practice, etc. Even more so, there was a zip code-wide increase in insurance premiums if there was a higher proportion of Kias or Hondas being stolen in one particular zip code. So across the board, we saw in cities and states that there was a great increase in car theft, as well as a great financial loss as well. And this is what caused several cities across our country to sue Kia and Hyundai. Now, last month in April 2023, attorneys general in 17 states and the District of Columbia they combined their forces to urge the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to issue a national-wide or nationwide mandatory recall of these vehicles that were being stolen. And in addition to that, the victims in these states were also organized to file a class action lawsuit against Kia and Hyundai. So a class action lawsuit, just to back up for a second, is where a single entity, usually a large company, has hurt or negatively affected a mass of people, meaning like hundreds or thousands of people. And then when they have this huge impact from this one company, then those victims can then join their cases together to have one single legal action. And when you have that, it's called a class action lawsuit. And because of these combined efforts with this class action lawsuit, with the 17 attorneys general across the country, as well as the District of Columbia, because of this combined action, we saw a very quick turnaround and a very quick settlement of this lawsuit. In less than one month, on May 18th, which was last week, then Kia and Hyundai automakers agreed to pay more than $200 million to the owners. And the lead counsel for this case stated, quote, we believe this settlement offers comprehensive welcome relief to the class that will serve as a lesson to automakers to not overlook such integral basic safety features. 
So remember those words. We're going to come back to that in a few minutes. But even before this lawsuit was filed, then in February, the Korean automakers responded to the pressure just that was building up within the cities by saying that they would offer software upgrades to 8.3 million U.S. cars just to help stop the thefts. So when you look at all of this, we see very quick action. We see a lot of combining efforts, a lot of coalitions to all make sure that Hyundai and Kia are being held accountable for their actions for having a loss of property and an increase in costs and expenses to the cities and states in which these cars are being sold. And with this settlement, what it gives is 9 million U.S. owners and others associated with the damages from these losses up to $145 million for just the out-of-pocket losses. And they also are going to give them even more benefits. I'm going to list them. So they get to have an additional $300 for every vehicle owner if they had a Kia or Hyundai that could not accommodate the security software upgrades. Hyundai and um, Kia also agreed that they would compensate owners who had any theft-related vehicle losses or damage that was not covered by their insurance companies or their insurance deductibles. And they would also pay for any increased insurance premiums. And if you had to rent a car, Kia and Hyundai have also agreed to not only compensate you for all costs associated with a car rental, whether it was one day or several days or several weeks, if you were never able to even get your car back, they're going to compensate you up to the full cost of your car or give you a comparable Hyundai or Kia. If you had to have your car towed because when the persons were stealing it, they ran away so quickly, got into a car crash, the car was no longer drivable, Kia will also pay for your towing cost. And if you had any tickets associated with your car being idle or dumped somewhere along the highway, Kia and Hyundai are also going to pay for your tickets. So it's a great deal all the way around, obviously, for being compensated. And the lawyer who was representing the class action suit owners, he stated that the settlement will provide benefits as soon as possible to those who have suffered out-of-pocket costs. So this is what we're seeing, that when we work together as a country, legally and with legislation, that we can do great things to ensure we are kept safe and anyone who comes against our safety or loss of property or loss of life is held accountable. However, this is only sometimes. For example, of the 17 states that are suing Kia, all of them have had at least one mass shooting. But of these 17, only eight of them have issued a gun ban or tried to hold responsible gun manufacturers, and the other nine have not. So let me go over the 17 states that were actually suing Kia. Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington State, and the District of Columbia. And of these 17, again, only eight have gun bans or have tried to get manufacturer-based responsibility for the guns that were used. And of these 17, Three of these are in the top 10 states for mass shootings, but they are not the ones who are involved in going as equally aggressive against the gun manufacturers. 
And this is not to say we're going to vote for or against the Second Amendment. What we're really trying to emphasize is that you can't say that you care more about a person's car than you care about their life. And you're saying that indirectly by choosing who you fight against or who you hold responsible for the loss, whether it's life or a car. If you're only being selective because the individuals cannot serve you politically because they cannot donate to you directly from your financial campaign for your political efforts, or they cannot be a fundraiser or somehow a political power benefit to you, if you're willing to hold them accountable but not holding the individuals who have a far greater loss to your constituents or to your voters, then it's showing that maybe you don't really care about your voters or care about their life or their livelihood. What you care more about is how does this position or benefit you? Because if you do care, then you would have consistent actions of accountability. You would have consistent levels of aggressiveness and holding the other parties accountable. You wouldn't just pick and choose. We can have more evidence of this happening because Hyundai and Kia are not the number one cars that are being stolen in America. They're not the easiest ones they are with this TikTok challenge. But if you look throughout the years, just looking back from 2013 until now, you can actually look back at 2004, but just to kind of give more recent data, we don't see that Hyundai and Kia are the ones that are actually being stolen. The cars that are actually being stolen the most are Chevrolet pickups and also Ford pickups. So we've never heard of any of these companies being held accountable. Why? Because it's selective accountability. And the only manufacturers being held accountable are those that cannot financially or politically benefit our individual political leaders or even one political party. So again, Kia and Hyundai, they're Korean car manufacturers and they don't have as much political influence in our countries as do the American-based companies that have American-based funding going to individual political action committees or individual large-sum financial donations to the individual uh, elected officials or individual political campaign candidates. And one clue or one hint that you can see where this uh, selective accountability is happening is looking at what the messaging is. So whether a company, an entity, or a political candidate or an elected official is for or against gun rights, the messaging should be the same if they truly mean that they are either for or against something. But what we're seeing is that there is inconsistency if that manufacturer is not based in America or if that manufacturer is for guns. For example, a common messaging for second right gun rights advocates are second amendment gun rights advocates is that well people are the ones who are killing people not the guns it's not the guns killing people so you shouldn't therefore sue the companies that are making the guns but that's not what they're saying when it comes to Kia with if we did we would say okay well it's the kids stealing the cars not Kia and not Hyundai so we shouldn't have a very large 200 million plus class action lawsuit being settled it should be the kids who are being held responsible so there is a hypocrisy on who we hold accountable. And that accountability is becoming clear that it's only if there is a financial benefit to the person who is making that comment in office at that time. 
when you look at mass shootings data from 2013 to 2019, we see that throughout the nation, there have been over 2,100 mass shootings, period. And of those over 2,100 mass shootings, over 2,400 people have been killed, including children and innocent bystanders. And in addition to that, 9,000 have been injured in these incidents. So if we're going to put more emphasis on holding people accountable for losing a car because the steering wheel is not working and we are quickly in less than a month getting over $200 million of compensation to benefits, why is there this slow action when it comes to over 2,400 people being killed and over 9,000 being injured? That's a very large number for a loss of life. Yet we're still putting more emphasis on the car manufacturer because we don't want, and honestly, we can look and say, okay, well, most politicians don't want their constituents or their voters to be killed or hurt. But it's hard for them to admit that, well, I do care, but I also care more about me being reelected or me having the funding and financing for my campaign so that I can run and be reelected. I care more about that than I care about loss of life. So I will use my deductive reasoning and say, okay, well, I can do more good if I stay in office. So I might have to just overlook the loss of life because of a gun, because these people are actually paying for me in my campaign. So I'm willing to overlook that so that I can be in office under the guise of thinking I can do more work and I'll hold them less accountable than I would an outside or foreign-based company that can't do anything for me politically or financially. That's where we see even more bias. Now, when we analyze gun legislation in all 50 states, there is no combined effort. There's no quick action to help the victims or their families. There's also no determination to hold anyone accountable across the states, as we saw in the Kia-Hyundai law settlement. And a lot of the gun control advocates are fighting against AR-15s. And that's because this AR-15 or AR-15 style rifles have been the weapon of choice in mass shootings. So I do want to give a little uh, nerd note or a gun fact that you might be, you know, find useful at cocktail parties um, is that there's a popular misnomer about the AR-15 being known as an assault rifle. That's what the AR stands for, assault rifle. But in actuality, it's short for Arma Light Rifle, which was a name for the gun manufacturer that was started in the 1950s for this firearm. So you could use that. But because the AR-15 rifles and the AR-15-like rifles for very quick shooting are often being used in these mass shootings, that's where the argument comes for, well, if this is the weapon of choice, that is consistently being used in mass shootings. And we can have a direct link to an increased number of deaths because of this type of gun or this type of firearm, then not only should this firearm be held accountable, but so should the manufacturer of that firearm, like we do with Kia and Hyundai. If if these two manufacturers have this one type of steering wheel that can be jimmied and unlocked and then a car stolen and it's consistently this particular apparatus and it's specifically and consistently only these two car manufacturers, then if we're using that same logic, then we should also hold 
the AR-15 primary manufacturers responsible. But despite repeated mass shootings, there is no consistency in accountability and there is no aggressive action taken for the loss of life as we are seeing with the loss of a car. And again, why? It's selective accountability. So whenever you go to the polls and when it comes to voting for an elected official or even voting for or against the Second Amendment, try to not get caught up in the emotion of a gun, having a gun or not having a gun. Focus on does this elected official or does this candidate have integrity in their behaviors for the safety of myself, my family, our lifestyle, or our community by consistently voting one way or consistently fighting one way when it comes to any form of attack of loss for me, whether it's a gun, a car, or life, or your house, are they consistent in their actions or are they only fighting, quote unquote, for my welfare and safety when it's directly tied, when it's directly tied to a financial or a political gain for them. So use those as your decision points or your litmus test on deciding who to vote for and also to which campaign to donate. So thank you for listening. And that does end our time for today. And let's try to do all that we can to continue the conversation of making smart elected official choices so that we don't have anyone in office who values a car more than our own lives or the lives of our loved ones. And that ends our time for today, but please continue this conversation, but doing so using science and love. And if you run-